Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. The government to the mad rescue. Find Discoculia at age 4. Pre-K Nat. Discoculia in the world of a teenager and school districts deny children support. Welcome to the Discoculia Headlines Weekly Podcast for week 36 in 2016. And with us is Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Discoculia Services. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Thank you. How are you today? Uh, we're doing absolutely fine and uh, we're eager to dive right into our interesting links for the week. Uh, here it says the government to the mat rescue. Which government is helping us out here? Well, this is actually the Welsh government. And uh, they have developed tools for parents to help children uh, with math. And yeah, in uh, the UK, uh, so also in um, Wales, they write math with an extra S. So if you Maths. want to... Maths. Maths. If you look for it. Why do they do that? Uh, because they feel there are different areas of math that all uh, fit together. Math, it's, it's not math. More, we have more. more. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they want to make sure that parents get more involved in their kids' education. Yes. And in particular, the math. And there are uh, many new materials, like online videos, to help parents. And apparently, in the rankings... Uh, Wales trails a little bit in the back uh, compared to other parts of the UK, and they wanted to do something about it. Okay. Very good. So, a very normal idea. Uh-huh. So, um, this was um, uh, an idea of the Welsh Education Secretary, Mrs. Christy Williams. Mm-hmm. And she actually says, and I totally agree with her, that overcoming the fear of math could already be a tremendous help. And the video shows a cafe and uh, stresses that math is all around us. So um, this is about uh, going from fractions to the chance something is happening, and uh, there's people um, in in an everyday situation, and they Mm -hmm. encounter encounter math. Actually, um, the best one was they talked about the chance that something is happening, like you get that mouth-watering fruit tart. And uh, they also talk about adding and subtracting when paying. Um, Well, here um, at this this link um, on the headlines, you do not see the actual videos. For that, you need to go to the Welsh government uh, slash education, begins at home, and the Welsh government slash new tips to take away math fear. For parents. Now, if you look for that, uh, usually we say um, the country and then .gov, but in Wales it's the other way around, so it's uh, gov.wales. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, so you can find <laughs> well, it's not a country, place. right? It's only part of a country. Yeah, but yes. uh, they do well, Although they may disagree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, actually, uh, if you go to that website uh, the, where uh, everything uh, originally comes from, you will find also links to booklets that accompany the uh, 32 YouTube videos that they uh, developed. Mm-hmm. And they're both in Welsh and in English. So that helps. Um, right, and yeah. they use, they use common, um, 
common uh, things like Legos. Okay. Uh, well, they were sitting at the kitchen table and explained to parents what, uh, how they can help uh, their kids. So a great resource for parents and a shame that uh, when I was looking at, that, um, uh, at those videos, there were only 200 views. Well, they definitely... No, Wales is not that big. No, but they definitely <laughs> de deserve at least one more zero behind that number. Okay, well, it's fairly new. That's why it's on headlines. So this may still take some, uh, some time to... Uh, to uh, go through uh, the yeah, Welsh it will, country. It will definitely. Uh, yeah, well, that's reach wonderful. The good, good initiative. The um, our next link uh, talks about finding Disco Coolie at age four. Is that is that really true? Can yes. we well, find Disco Coolie at age four? Allow me. This is find such Disco Coolia interesting in the <laughs> research. Give me a little bit longer time to talk about oh, this. Dear. It's from uh, Psych Central, Central. Yes. And uh, this uh, features a study published in uh, Psychological Science. Mm -hmm. Now, we already know that babies have numerical skills. At the age between 6 and 12 months, we can predict math skills at age 4. But that we have uh, talked about that before. Okay. But this new research, so the, the, what we already knew was about numerical information so many dots so many uh, little dolls right but this new research tells us that spatial reasoning skills may also predict math skills at four and that uh, was uh, brought up by uh, Stella Lawrence at Emory University so and how do they do uh, how do they do that yeah now since it's a known fact that kids with superior spatial abilities at age 13 do very well later in, in science and technology and engineering right. uh, and math, several decades later. So, they started to think about maybe those uh, visual spatial skills have already originated much earlier than age 13. Okay. Now, um, and also, um, we now know that those um, spatial skills can be learned because if you can't teach it it's it's interesting to know but what does right. it help you right yeah so uh, here what they did is they they studied the visual spatial skills um, by comparing mental transformation now what is that um, mental transformation means that if you see an object in a different rotation yeah you notice hey that's there's something different the okay it's the same object but okay. it looks different because it has been rotated when it's not a circle obviously because right if you rotate the circle don't so you like a picture of a dog and then they turn it around and ask the kid uh, where's the dog and then if they point at the dog then yeah okay now how can you uh, test that with little kids right um we already know about um, a skill that it takes longer for our brains to process when the angle of rotation is larger. Basically, we can quicker say if two shapes are the same or different when the transformation is relatively small and um, when they are uh, printed after rotation. Mm -hmm. Actually, you may have experienced this yourself when uh, playing slope-based computer games. The research group in, in this um, article uh, 
uh, had uh, 63 children from 6 months to 13 months. And in the research, those um, infants watched paired videos, two sides at the same time, with uh, Tetris-like shapes, which changed orientation in each uh, new presentation. Mm -hmm. Now, in one of the video streams, the two shapes were mirror images. And in the other video streams, the shapes were only in the same orientation. Now, we know that babies, and I've, I've participated in those type of research too, they love novelty. So they look longer at something that is different. Okay. And this is the way we can figure yeah. out that the baby actually notices Notice that there is a difference, difference between those right. two shapes. So, um, we use the change detection paradigm, they say. And that is what I just explained. So, and I, I've actually been involved in that several years ago at the Erasmus University in Rotterdam. And we only did, um, we, we didn't have the eye tracking devices that they, these people have. Um, so, I was kind of the eye tracking uh, <laughs> yeah. device behind yes. the little peephole right. in, the, in the wall. But it was the same type of research figuring out can the baby see a difference. Now, back to the current study. And to the results. The babies looked at the mirror images longer, so they could see the difference. Mm -hmm. um, nice. But, is that even interesting for us? What, what is even more striking is that these kids were retested at age 4. Right. Not only for the same ability, the mental transformation, so rotation of the shapes, but also for simple symbolic math concepts. And the results stood after correcting for general uh, cognitive ability like vocabulary, working memory, short-term, spatial memory, and processing speed. So this indicates that the spatial abilities that we saw in really young infants are associated with math abilities at the age of four and that may help drive intervention. So as far as I know, this is the first documented evidence that spatial reasoning, spatial perception as early as six months of age can predict not only the continuity of that specific skill, the ability to uh, see a, um, a rotation or, or a flip, but also math skills. So let's hope that this knowledge will be used to help students in a more timely manner than some of the other right. uh, preceding important uh, discoveries in math-related uh, abilities. They were kind of snowed under, but this is a very, uh, very new um, research that will definitely help us. This is groundbreaking research. Yep. And now they need to figure out something so that they can actually, you know, do that with babies and then earmark them for more math support once they go to school. Yeah, well, maybe another approach would be to just pay more attention to visual-spatial skills for all kids in general right. instead of paying a lot of money for uh, weeding out a small group that needs that intervention. Basically, I can tell you that most of the visual-spatial activities that you do with young kids are 
not only beneficial for all, but the kids actually love it. Right. So uh, it shows us that we need to pay attention to visual spatial skills in early kindergarten. Well, remember it, you heard it here first, although it was on the headlines already, but uh, this is groundbreaking research and we'll, we'll follow this in the, uh, in the coming years. So our next link is also about very young math. This is about pre-K math. I, 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 in my pre-K, I think I did not go any further than building little blocks and playing with a farm. Well, maybe you also played some games with the dice and you learned to uh, remember the dice patterns and that were numbers. That was way over my head. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been long ago. <laughs> anyway, um, counting uh, benefits of teaching math to three-year-olds is on uh, PBS News. And uh, it is about students in uh, Boston public schools and they use the uh, building blocks curriculum that has, uh, well, books, but also software and manipulatives. And the print material is, it looks very interesting. And they link uh, all of that together. And also there is uh, talking about math and useful uh, fun activities like uh, there's a math puppet in this um, curriculum mm -hmm. and he's called Mr. Mixup. <laughs> now, Mr. Mixup makes all kinds of mix-ups right. and the kids jump in to help him uh, to do the numbers right and oh, the counting nice. right. Yes, 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 yes. Very nice. And uh, if you want more uh, information on this uh, program, go to IES, the Institute of education scientists. I think we have mentioned that before. Uh, their uh, What Works Clearinghouse um, shows you independent education research that is reviewed. Um, and here for this um, method there were three publications um, and they were reviewed for us busy teachers to save us time. So use this and two of them met the rigorous uh, standards that they apply and the effectiveness rating of uh, the building blocks program is really good. So on the IES What Works Clearinghouse we see that the improvement index or the percentage gain for an average student was 36 points. Okay. Marvelous. Also the effectiveness rating have a double plus, the highest in the system. Okay. And uh, that's indicating that there is strong evidence that this, this curriculum had a positive effect on uh, math achievement. I have to say, uh, although that the extent of the evidence was small, and that uh, relates to the number of studies and the number of students involved in those studies. And in the rating system at the What Works Clearinghouse, uh, they small um, means it has been tested on less than 350 students or less than in 14 classrooms. Mm, okay. Now, we've seen more studies that were fairly small, but uh, that is just an encouragement for people to repeat that uh, kind of study with larger groups. Yeah. And, and this video is great. Uh, Teaching math is so much fun and it would be great if all teachers 
became more comfortable themselves with uh, with math and um, understood how kids learn math and, and uh, promote that at a very young age. Good. It's beneficial. Good, good. Certainly something for the teachers to look at. We're talking with Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Discoculia Services. And we're looking at the links provided on our, on our website, discoculiaheadlines.com. Now, our, our next link is um, about Discoculia in the world of a teenager. It struck me because the, the teenager actually describes the whole day. Yeah. And how Discoculia sort of interferes. Yeah, and with, a very lively uh, A very way. lively account of, uh, of a teenage day. Yeah. Now, I, I have to say, we have often referred to this website, the Understood website. Yeah. And um, we really like their clear, no-nonsense approach to bringing useful and uh, correct information. Definitely. Yes. Now, this story is uh, about Ava, a, uh, a ninth grader with Discoculia. And she tells us all her little and larger struggles during the day, like not having an idea of time. Yeah. Um, her issues with visual-spatial processing, with um, recalling basic math facts. And when she needs to pay for a snack, um, she is not even able to estimate the amount of money. She can't estimate at all. And having to live with math anxiety and ever-returning negative experience. Yeah. Very, very uh, bad. And... Actually, when she's feeding the family pet, she risks mixing up the measurements. So the cat might throw up after (laughs) eating way too much and the dog gets cranky because of only getting half of the regular dinner, etc. And then the the day ends with her new bouquets arriving and she is totally um, stuck with the... um, uh, description of how to put it all together, and then she, <laughs> she exhausted, she it's, retires to bed. It's it's great for teenagers or for parents to actually to, to read it and, and show it to their teenagers so that they don't feel uh, alone. Now, our, our next link is uh, very disturbing actually. Um, uh, it, it says school districts deny children support. Yeah, and this is particularly in Texas. This was an article in the Houston Chronicle. And uh, it is um, telling how Texas uh, keeps tens of thousands of children out of special education. It's a story by Brian Rosenthal. And uh, it got a lot of attention here in Houston. Now, Texas is apparently the only state that has set a target for special education. And the target of 8.5% is quite arbitrary and, and it's incompatible with, with federal law. It's just, just out of the blue. Now, I can understand it because special ed is more expensive than regular ed. But you also have to follow the guidelines and the rules. So, um, when asking Texas Education Agency to comment, they said that this 8.5% max of special ed is only a guideline, not a cap. And it's used as an indicator um, of performance of school districts. So basically, they, between the lines, say that if you, your school or your district 
has more than 8.5% of students in special ed, you haven't done your work. Right. And um, the result was a dramatic decline in special ed. Right, because everybody's going to probably ends up at eight and a half percent. Yes, and, and last year, last year they actually met their target. It's amazing. Well, the Texas Education Agency comments that um, this is not a deliberate uh, withholding of special ed, but it is well, due to better teaching. <laughs> and that okay. lowers the numbers of students with a learning disability, like dyslexia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, strangely, so far nobody has actually studied uh, the stunning 32% drop in special education enrollment. Now, let me just read you some uh, numbers. Uh-huh. The benchmark has limited access to special education for children with virtually every type of disability. Texas schools now serve fewer kids with learning disability, 46% lower than in 2004, uh, with emotional and mental illnesses, a decline of 42%, orthopedic impairment, a decline of 39%, speech impediments, a decline of 27%, and notably not being able to say an R is not a speech impediment anymore. Um, brain injuries, uh, serving 20% less of students, hearing deficits, decline of 15%, and social problems. <coughs> and these people are all magically healed in Texas? Yes. It's very healthy here. Yes, 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 yes. Um, well, there are some um, strategies that I will talk about later. Special education rates have fallen to the lowest levels in big cities where the needs are greatest. So Houston ISD and Dallas ISD provide special ed services to just 7.4% and 6.9% respectively. Now by comparison, about 19% of kids in New York get services in New York City. And that's also a big city, inner city population. Yeah. In all, among the 100 largest school districts in the U.S., only 10 school districts serve fewer than 8.5% of their students. Now, you may guess where those um, school districts are. Let me say, Texas. They're all, all in, in Texas. Texas. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Students who don't speak English at home have been hurt the most. Those children currently make up 17.9% of all students in Texas, but only 15.4% of those in special education. I wonder what ever happened to No Child Left Behind. Yeah, well, the article also mentions a list of strategies that discourage parents to ask for an evaluation, or they suggest parents that their student might be better served at a private school, so okay. please leave. Okay. And to discourage teachers to fill in a form for a um, evaluation. This is criminal. Though. Sometimes even by just removing all the forms from the school, putting them in a place where only supervisors are allowed. And guess what? Do you think that supervisors generally encourage starting the process? Or that they like to comply with the Texas Education Agency 8.5%. No, Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, actually, from a very uh, trustworthy um, 
information, I, I heard that there was a mother who was interested in special ed for her child and um, she positioned herself, she made an um, appointment with the counselor of the school and after a short um, meeting the counselor said, well uh, I can't do anything for you and the mother not being happy said, well I'll, I'll wait for you, we'll talk some later and during the day the counselor said, well now I have to go to a meeting, mom said, well okay that's not a problem, I, I, I can wait till you come back then the counselor had to go to lunch and the mother said, it's not a problem, I'm not hungry. I will, just wait. Out a whole day. <laughs> I will wait till you come back. And in the afternoon were all kind of other things happening. And eventually the counselor, after school, wanted to go home. My mom was still in her office. Now eventually she gave in and said, okay, we'll, go, we'll do an assessment for your child. And obviously that assessment was done on the last day of the legally approved waiting period. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, this guideline... I hear there's a new superintendent in the Houston ISD. Yes, absolutely. And he's, <laughs> so, uh, he thinks, uh, uh, he looks like somebody who is able to rock the boat, who's very positive. May turn it around. Yeah, he might be able to turn it around because right now um, the situation is that if your school or school district is not meeting yet, 8.5 percent um, your school is risking to be scrutinized and audited uh, and the guidelines in the PBMAS um, system actually mention that you risk a fine you risk having to write corrective plans to reduce your special ed um, enrollment uh, and that some schools actually may be taken over entirely and that that is in, in we've the, seen that happening actually when they close the entire school yes that that's that's in the in the manual yeah that's amazing well a depressing note but we thank you anyway for explaining it all to us we hope that situation with the new superintendent in uh, Houston ISD will uh, will start absolutely to, uh, absolutely you've been listening to Discoculia headlines weekly and with us was dr. Schroeder she is the founder of Discoculia services you can follow her on Facebook and on Twitter free downloads and a free Discoculia uh, screener are available on her website discoculiaservices.com you can also follow her um, series of webinars and those are available on webinars.discoculiatrainingcenter.com. She also has an ebook on amazon.com yeah. and the title is Discoculia the Forgotten Learning Disability. And she has a new initiative which is called Rekenrek. It's a, it's a Dutch word and as she is a Dutch native, she is an expert on the Rekenrek. You can read all about it on rekenrek.discoculiatrainingcenter.com. Thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder, and we'll see each other next week. See you next week. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.